As the gospel is preached, you know, forward, God, let the word breathe into us. God, let the word breathe on our circumstances. Let your word breathe on our minds that need to be renewed. Let your word breathe on our troubled hearts, God, that need to be cleansed. Like with Hesse, as David said, God, be only what you can be right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
performed by a gentleman by the name of Music Soul Child. And the thing that compelled me and moved me with the song was that in the song, music talks about how people can use the word in vain. He talks about he himself personally, while this word love was in his life, he felt like he was not quite enough to execute love. Uh, love was a little bit intimidating. And so for me, uh, for me, y'all, it became a thing now where I said, well, man, that's where we are with working for God. Uh, too many of us, Barbara, uh, we talk about how we love God, but yet we find enough reasons for our love not to be lived out because of what we see wrong with us. Some of us in this dynamic of church have seen so many bad examples of what love is supposed to look like that we fail miserably at properly executing it. And so when I think about the song by Soul Child, I, I am just blown away and it sort of brought me to this series and I was able to, like anybody who knows God for real, I was able to find biblical justification for my inspiration. Because here's one thing I want to say to all of you young aspiring uh, theologians, preachers, whatever you call yourself. If you cannot find the word of God in your feeling, then your feeling is you and not God. There is not a biblical validation for those of you who claim to be called by God to preach. Then your call is you. Because everyone who is called by God should find themselves in Scripture. God himself found himself in the Word. And so if you call yourself a worshiper, my question to prove your validity is where is your calling found in Scripture? Because you can't get up on a feeling. Because what I have learned in my 45 years of life is that people, Lena, who feel like God called them can easily walk away way one day feeling like he stopped calling. And the reality about God and his call on anybody in this place is that his call is going to be sustained by his word. And so if you don't know his word, here's the other challenge to anybody who feels like God is telling them something. Do you know God's word enough to even validate what you feel he called you to be? Can you execute the call of loving somebody? Not based on how you feel, because watch this, Lena. If I don't feel like loving you today, I'm going to pack up my bags and I'm going to leave. But when God's word tells me that I am called to love, and I know that word, every time I want to leave, his word through the Holy Spirit convicts me and pulls me from what I want to naturally do. That was for free. Because I love music. I love music, and I realize in this season that we are in, um, this word, for those of you that were at the opening, this word we've already heard before. This story was preached by Nate uh, when we opened on September 3rd. It's that story. And what was amazing to me as Teresa and Jatan were petting all week about whether or not I was going to preach from this or not. Um, it was crazy to me because it was a bringing back from God. So anybody who was here for the opening and you're here again today, here's that 
color purple moment, Aaron. Maybe God trying to tell you something. Because here's the reality of whether we want to admit it or not. Too many of us of the faith are walking contradictions. That's where this sermon is coming from today. We are walking contradictions in this way. We are contradictions in the fact that while we say we are disciples of Christ, we don't disciple anybody. That's a walking contradiction. You cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ and nobody is following you. Who are you discipling is what this sermon tried to pull out for you. Then for those of you that ain't discipling nobody, here's the lesson from the series for you. You are what I call a professional sabotager. Terrence, one of my favorite rappers is Wale, and Wale has a song called Sabotage Love. And in the song Sabotage Love, Terrence, Wale talks about being in a relationship with a girl who swear for God she loves him, but at every opportunity she does something to kill the love. And there are people of the faith, Z, who claim they love God, but at every opportunity they do something to sabotage the love they swear they have for God. And they're like men, because men, we have this bad. We can have the baddest chick on the block doing the baddest things in the world and swear for God we love them. And then as soon as something distracting comes along, we are willing to sabotage that thing for a feeling or a moment. If you know it. <laughs> no mean clap down. <laughs> Men will do stuff like this easy. We will find something wrong with the woman instead of realizing what's wrong with us. <laughs> you saw the women clap. Like this. Women have the same paradigm. A woman can be hurt by a past that watch this, they profess for God they are delivered from, but they will hold on to the past while God is moving them into something new and sabotage it by saying, you remind me of a past that God said you need to let go. We do it in working the gospel for Jesus Christ, though. God has delivered you from a past way of living, and instead of you leaving your past behind, you sabotage it by laying back in the mess that he delivered you from. Professional sabotagers is what Wale calls it. Folks who are disciples who are not discipling. Watch this, Charles. I gave it to us in the story when I preached about the four friends who brought their lame friend to the house where the word of God was being preached. But everybody in the house was so busy, Mama Baker, receiving the word that they act like there was nobody on the outside of the house who needed him. People who come to church and don't bring other folks to church, you are a sabotager of the gospel. Because the gospel calls you to pick up somebody on your way to the house. I ain't gonna have no friends talk that to all of you. 
sabotager. Because the gospel's love, like in the story I preached, Lena, some weeks ago, says I've got to pick up somebody and bring them to the one who can fix them. I can't know a person is in a state or condition where they do not know how to walk and not bring them to the one that can teach them how to walk. And watch this for those of you who got a whole lot of friendships. If your friend still ain't walking, it's because you're the only one talking. Because what the Bible tells you is that when the gospel is shared in life, it produces change. People who were lame can walk. Sabbath I love that song about Wild Eye Yacht. It's just one of them songs. <laughs> it just does something to me. But there are some of us in this series that God was trying to talk to who struggle with sin. We struggle with it. And you just don't know how to get it. And, and, and so instead of me being the one that preached about it, God brought two women. And, and the two women, both of them came from the same context. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, be loyal, as Nicole would say. Now, this is how God messed those up that are still in their mess. Everybody in here swear for God they want to be in a relationship that's committed. But yet, the one relationship that actually means something, they want to cheat. And when we make our decisions to sin against God, we want to use this word. I love you, God. You know I do. And God's word to you in your sin is if you love me. Make condition, by the way. Like you say you do. Then say you will. Will what God will do what I say. If you love me. This series, y'all, has been inspired by things that from a natural context you should be able to draw from and grow in. If you ain't Wale, if you ain't mid-condition, you might be a Drake. And every time you came to church on Sunday and you read it, you like that album Drake wrote, if you're reading this, it's too late. <laughs> you didn't read something that's already been dealt with, been already done. All of these sermons that we hear Sunday after Sunday is nothing more than God's articulation to you that I want to see change come out of you. And that's what leads to the story today. The story of this man who comes to the place called Bethesda, y'all, is a story that I can preach in my sleep because, Jamie, I have preached it a hundred times. I can tell you that Bethesda, by definition, means house of mercy. The creative part of me, Scott, could then say to the deep church folks that imagine a person coming to a church called the house of mercy for 38 years. And imagine for 38 years this person who came to the house of mercy never changed. Okay, those that are real deep guys that go to Jesus school, be like, well, no, Broderick, according to my seminary trainings, it wasn't really a full 38 years that he was there. The Bible says he was in this condition for 38 years. 
at the end of your argument, whether it was 38 years or three years, the fact that he came to a place where change was supposed to happen and it never happened is the issue in the text. The Bible says, y'all, in verse 5, that there was a man who was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. Now, this is where men who feel like there are only sermons in the Bible for women, I can help you. I talked about it for a week or two. The woman with the issue of blood, and most men lean with tune out because I ain't no woman, uh, Z, and I ain't hemorrhaging, so that ain't my story. Watch this. You may not be bleeding, but watch this. You are dealing with an issue that cripples you from walking in your faith. For 38 years, this man was unable to move. In a black context, it becomes even more real because how many of our black men come to church and still don't change? Bigger question, how many of our black men who know of church refuse to go to church and so because of that they don't change. How many of our black men marry and go into the institution that was created by the faith and don't change? They marry and they still cheat. They marry and they don't bring their families to church. How many of us are in a condition that hinders God's desire? How many of us are in relationships and sharing house spaces with children and, and people that we claim to love and there is no mercy in it? The house can't live by its name if nobody changed. The Bible says, Lena, that for 38 years this man came to the house of mercy. Some folks want to say it was called the place of the outpouring. Argument with that is, even if it was the place where the outpouring happened, no outpouring fell on him for 38 years. <laughs> 38 years. No change. 38 years of being the same man. 38 years by definition where according to his problem, watch this, he was either filled with a disease, Lena, or he had a condition that caused suffering in his life. How many men suffer in relationships because of their condition to not walk? See, it's hard to be a man and you can't stand. Because manhood is built, Lena, on the idea that he himself has to walk it like he talks. Yeah. I'm not a provider if I'm not bringing in money. I'm not the man if I can't stand there and, you know what I'm saying, do my bravado with You know, that's just me. I'm not a man if I don't have this position that I take that looks masculine, but the problem with masculinity is that it robs spirituality. You're so tough that you pick up all the wrong weights in life. You pick up burdens and struggles for money and, and, and success that God says, I don't need you to worry with that. 
I need you to carry some folks to me. But God, I'm working. This is what I, I do. I, I'm, I'm out there and I'm showing myself, God, and people know I go to church. But when you are with them, do they know that I am in you? Yeah. Becomes the question to a man. Can your wife know that Jesus Christ died for you? Can your neighbor see that Jesus Christ came in and bled on you to sanctify you, purify you, make you whole, make you right? Can anybody see it? And then for the man who is isolated, Rod, nobody can see it if you in a cave. Thirty-eight years he was in the open, but there was no transformation in his life. The question in the house has to be asked of everybody here: If you've been going to church for more than ten years and you're still struggling with your sin, did you really receive the mercy that God intended for you to have? Has there been any outpouring on you that should have came from God because you were in the house? It's hard to get it though. Watch this. If you are like he is, in the next verse, it says, When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? Most of us struggle with that question. Because I come to church, yes. Do I want to be well? I'm not sure yet. Because wellness means that I have to walk in holiness. Holiness means that I have to deny my flesh. Denying my flesh means that I got to reject friendship. Rejecting friendship means that I might be in this thing alone. For 38 years, he came to the house of mercy and he was too concerned with the people around him that he missed the story. Because it ain't like when he showed up, a stirring didn't happen, J.D. It ain't like the water didn't get tuned up and turned out. It ain't like people weren't there expecting a miracle. He was just there looking for the wrong thing. And then this is what we do, Brenda. We want to blame God. We say, well, you must have know I was here. The Bible says in the next, that very same verse, and God knew he was there. It had been there for a while. Some of y'all are in the condition you're in, not because God is oblivious, but because you are oblivious to your condition. You think you're supposed to sit there because you're in the house. When the reality is, just like the folks who left before you, he was expecting you to lead to. not supposed to be there. But 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 we, we all come here and, and we we all lift our hands and we we all pray here. Is there change here? Give y'all another example of what I'm talking about change. I, I'm married to Dion, everybody didn't know that that's what I'm married to. Going on five years now. I was checking it with Johnson yesterday. Even the preacher's marriage is what messed up. 
I told y'all last week how my bathroom and bedroom is just nasty, all because of me. The woman who loves me bears that cross, not that God wanted her to, but because her husband is a professional sabotager. He will sabotage some things because in his selfishness, he looks at the question, if you love me like you say you do, he's like to turn it on you and say, well, if you love me like you say you do, then put up with my BS until I grow up in a minute. And then a minute for me ain't like y'all minute. It ain't 60 seconds. It might take six years. But I told y'all last week in my immaturity, you know, this thing. Dion said it to me. Bathroom to the bedroom, that's all I'm gonna let y'all know. I ain't let y'all out of my business for you. Dion went out of town last week. This is my shop, Angel. This is my shop. She went out of town last week. Now, normally, Angel, when she go out of town, I'm a real slum bum kind of guy. I just say, I kick my shoes off and roll my stuff because I'm single again. It's like them days with the apartment. Child, I'm running through the house like this. Woo! Y'all just throw that shit. I don't care if you hit the window. She was gone, Angel. And every day I purpose in my heart to not be the man who threw the shoe. Every day I, I decided to watch something that I had put off watching for months. Usually, JB, I'm the kind of dude, I ain't like this, JB. You know how you on top of these kind of things. G, usually something get delivered to the house, JB, I let that thing sit right there, walk by, just like, oh, look, the big, big thing from, from, whoa, go, Amazon brought that, okay, I just leave it there. I woke up with the intentions, and watch this, I purpose in this guy, I saw it on Monday, purpose on my heart on Tuesday, by Wednesday, picked it up by Thursday, when I realized, and here goes the shop part, when I realized I couldn't do it alone, I communicated with the one who loves me and said, baby, I can't do this alone, but watch this. I'm going to take it out the box. When you get here, me and you going to put this thing together. Now, if you know my wife, she likes those kind of things. So the fact that I waited for her to put it together just made her day. She got out the plane, made it, out. Just, come on, boy, let's put this thing together. My point to some of y'all in here is that God only wants to see you do the work. He's not asking you to finish it. But you gotta be man enough or woman enough of the faith to at least wake up every day with a purpose. The Bible says Jesus knew it. They know it. You raggedy. That's that's why they married you. You know what I'm saying? God sent his son to die for you. Now all my single folks got they looking like, well, he didn't even marry. I mean, that ain't me. Let me help you. You ain't got nobody, but you still got Jesus. He, he, he married you knowing you raggedy as all get out. You may not physically have nobody there with you, but Jesus is standing there boldly at the door, just like, come here. Knowing your issue, knowing your problem. Watch this. The Bible says, verse 8 and verse 9, Jesus said to him, rise up and take your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. Here is the beauty of walking like you're talking, man. Love 
ask you the question every day, do you want me? If you're not willing to answer that question every day, then you really don't want me. Because love every day is going to ask you, do you want me? God asks you every day when you get up, before you commit any sin, do you want me? A woman who marries a man, when she gets up and she prepares the house and she takes care of kids, she's literally asking the husband, do you want me? Why says you ain't got to touch me to let me know you want me? You got to walk in a certain way that allows me to see you want me, even when I ain't around you. That's the lesson of this sermon for a lot of y'all today. You ain't got to touch God in order to let God know you want me. You just got to show up in life and be what it is he called you to be. Be the believer who walks by faith and not by sight. Be the believer who says I can do all things through him who strengthens me. You got to be that thing. Now, being that thing, though, means that there are some things you cannot partake in. There are some attitudes and behaviors you cannot have. You cannot be of him and still have grudges and hate folks and don't know how to forgive people in your past that molested you and the folks that lied to you and the old relationship that turned on you. Because if you're going to be in him, you got to be in him. And in being in him says that that means to get in, I have to come out. Let me say that again. To be in means I have to come out. Too many of us want to stay out and claim we in. And then God messes you up because he says that if you are in me, you will see evidence that I'm in you. I'm just, I'm, I'm just human. Now he, he understood that. That's why he came in a human state. Yeah. <laughs> he knew you was human. So he said, let me go ahead and be a living example and walk in it, yeah. talk in it, yeah. so that those who are called by my name will know how to walk it oh, yeah. while they talk it. Yeah. The church folks don't want to hear that. Certain folks don't want to hear love requires the actual action. Deep church folks want to talk about single folks or, or folks who ain't in church for a long time or they not really, you know, socially together. Deep folks want to talk about their inadequacy while missing their own issues. When I preached all of this, remember I told you there was a press leader that surrounded him who were following him, but yet while following him, none of them drew from him. You want deliverance, but yet you're not doing what you're supposed to do to be delivered, which is an operation of drawing from his strength, drawing from his peace, drawing from his joy, drawing from his happiness. You too depressed to be blessed because blessings don't look like depression. A blessed person does, and here's the funny thing, Z, this tripped me out about people, uh, Z, like you. You can come in and you can set the atmosphere. You can be like, hallelujah. The press will be like, sad, Hollywood, Hollywood, ever, sad. So why she always got to say hallelujah? And because of their ignorance, they don't know that hallelujah is the highest praise. Hallelujah is in the Bible. But some of us folks who are shallow, we will look at somebody like her and then we will have envy and malice and hate in our heart and be like, see, that's and the, un- un- bad- and the bad thing Z, is that some people who are like you, who know to say hallelujah, will let the negative crowd dictate to them, and so they hold it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
instead of filling the temple with his praise and his worship. My charge to everybody in here is if you know him for real and you love him like you say you do, start next Sunday coming here like you know it. Stop letting those who are trying to figure him out to hinder or hold back the spirit and the movement of God. Tell some folks, y'all want me to get back to real because I'm going to start doing this and be like, tell your neighbor, touch your neighbor. And I, you know that ain't me, but that ain't me. But they're going to mess around and make me tell your neighbor, push your neighbor, do real baptism on you, go to another road at your neighbor. Because the word from God in this place is that you have got to walk it like you talk it. And that's what brings me to the whole Migos song. I love Migos. They my new thing. They my guilty pleasure. For those of you who are deep spiritual folks, you know, Migos don't necessarily rap about stuff that any Christian should be listening to. But I'm a ball from all of my sinners in here, but God knows my heart. And so, so, so I, I love Migos, but this walking like they talking. Oh, song just got me, girl. You know, me and now we be riding. And now put me on. My son put me on. Don't get my child. He just listen to music like his daddy. And, and now I've had me listen to it. And so in my moment, I listen. And I listen to Drake and I listen to Migos. And I realize that in the conversation they are having with their audience, it's really just about don't just say what you are. Be what you are. Do what you say you're going to do. Be about what you say you're going to be about. Don't wear the gold chain and you ain't got gold chain money. So the Lord help me with that. God showed me that in this thing that we are called to walk out in love, he does three things, Lena. Right here on the thing. Go ahead, uh, DJ, put it on there so they can see twofold what I'm talking about. If you're going to walk it like you talk it, the first thing you got to get in your spirit is Philippians 2 and 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, for anybody influenced by, uh, 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 who can I talk to? Puff Daddy. I'm just talking about me. I ain't going to talk about that whole issue. Anybody who was influenced by, by Puff Daddy, uh, I had a friend, his name was Pooh. Uh, if you're influenced by Pooh in your life, you can't come into this thing with Jesus Christ with Puff Daddy and Pooh in the forefront of your thinking. All right. Bible tells you that you got to put them Behind, now I could go even further. I couldn't be like my father and my uncles, who were professional thieves and pimps and drug dealers, coming into this thing called Christianity. I had to put on a mind that looked and acted like him. So what that says is, is that in this mind, there's a being that I have to be. There's a factor to my Christianity that requires me, Lena, to do things differently. Next point. If I'm going to be this thing, then that means my mind has to tell my hands, watch this, what it's supposed to do. Too many of us struggle and stumble in the faith walk because we're touching all the wrong stuff. Bible says, Matthew 9 and 21, for she said to herself, if I only may touch his garment, I shall be made well. That means that once you have made up in your mind to go after him, Lena, you can't stop till you feel it. With your hand. Yeah. Last point. But the key to all of that is your heart. You got to be right. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the issues of life. 
See, folks is quick to say, I don't need church, and that's a lie. I ain't got to do all of that because I got God in me. God says, in you ain't nothing good. <laughs> God says that out of your heart, it's an issue. How much of God is really in you if ain't nothing good in you and it's full of issues? That means you need God every day. Well, do I got to have people? Yeah, because watch this. That same God said, I'm coming back for my church. Who should have been discipling and walking alongside each other. My church, though, are my people. Not a building. My people. So my heart, because for some of us, I can't do church. Because that's why I don't know if I can trust them. Your heart ain't right. Which is even more reason why you know you need Jesus Christ. I just, my heart is just, I've been hurt too many times. You haven't even forgiven and watch this. You yet expect the God who made you to forgive you. And he flat foot says that if you can't forgive him, then guess what? On the day of judgment, I can't forgive you. But God knows what I went through. He knew it. That's why he came in it, lived it, walked it, talked it, and then saved you from it. It's a hard thing. It's a mind thing. And it's a hand thing. To walk in love, your mind has to be on him. Your heart has to be changed by him. And watch this for all my lazy Christians. Your hand got to be working. Sad thing I'm done. You don't believe, because you know I can get a scripture, some folks don't believe. What does it take to make a child walk? Say it again. Training. For those of you that are struggling in your sin, this is where God lets you know that I love you for real. Because I'm a walking with you. Like any parent, watch this, Mama Baker. God will take you by the hand. Can I borrow my friend for a second? He thinks he's going to act right. He act like you're going to be right with me. I need to do something with you. You ready, friend? Come on. So when you give birth to a baby, right, she comes in, she, she's a baby. And you first got to carry it, right? Child, sometimes you got to cook with them. Then they get bigger, right? And it's like, shoot, child, you still got to cook with them. Well, you do like my friend, just tell that child, you come up with a crazy, crazy daddy, you, you hosting all the food. You know what I'm saying? Why you doing this now? But eventually, at some point, you in your mind know what you want them to do. And so you start intentionally creating time for them. And you place them back. Hold them by the hand. And say, come on, boo Now, yeah, in the process, the legs ain't strong yet. So they, you know, they shake me a little bit. But you don't stop walking with them because they legs shake you. As soon as the legs do this, you don't be like, ooh, ooh. You be like, mm-mm. You got to keep on, come on, come on, come on. Then you do crazy stuff like when you clean it, you don't care no more. You put them on the edge of the table. And you pray for God. They might have the edge of that table, they don't fall, and then they pick it up. Now when you go away, you're still looking. Sometimes the fall is bad. Sometimes they got some tables like my mom used to have with the little edges that cut you wide open. And so you be like this. But 
eventually you didn't walk with them and let them hang at the table enough that you can stand them alone. And then that's when you say, friend, come to me. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody on their feet. 